Hello everyone, my name is Vishen Malhotra and this is America's Recap. This show is your one-stop shop for all your weekly news needs. We recap the most important news events of the week without including any bias, any drama, or any bullshit. We just get straight to the point, and we tell you every story from both sides of the political aisle. We have no bias here. And at the end, or near the end, I'm going to have a discussion with my two high school friends, Tamar Nawaz and Adam Zurak, and we're going to talk about school reopenings and what it means from a student's perspective. As for right now, I'm going to get started on what happened for the past week, starting with what happened a week ago. And over last weekend, Microsoft confirmed that it is actively trying to buy social media app TikTok just days after President Trump demanded that the Chinese owner of the app, ByteDance, must sell off its U.S. division or risk being banned from operating in the United States. The Republican convention in Charlotte, North Carolina, announced that it will be scaled down dramatically to maintain social distancing. Press will not be allowed at the event for the first time in history. The event will be live-streamed instead of allowing visitors to see the renomination of President Trump. Two NASA astronauts successfully completed a near-impossible mission from SpaceX to send people into orbit and then send them back in a SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule. On Sunday, the two of them landed in the Gulf of Mexico and they made history with the first complete manned spaceflight operated by a private company. Let's move on to what happened on Monday. The Census Bureau updated its position to end all counting efforts for the 2020 census on September 30th, which is one month shorter than previously planned. This means that all online calling and milling efforts to count the U.S. population will be accelerated by a month in order to meet the deadline of counting all Americans by the end of this year. There are many worries on both sides of the political aisle that this may result in somewhat of a miscalculation or an undercount, which is a very dangerous proposition for congressional districts which need to be redrawn. Leaked body cam footage from the arrest and death of George Floyd should the final minutes before his death. Now, I'm not going to comment on any specific aspect of the video, so I encourage everyone who's listening to go to YouTube after listening and search for the Daily Mail's video on the full interrupted recording. If you scroll down, you can find the full video. It's about eight minutes long. Please make your own opinions on the video. I'm not going to tell you uh, what I think of it. On Tuesday, at least 130 people were killed and another 4,000 were injured after a massive explosion in the capital of Lebanon in Beirut. The ledge caused a source of highly explosive materials that were stored in an unsafe warehouse for more than six years. The death figures are not totally um, accounted for and all the information about the attack is not known at this time. But what we do know is that thousands, or hundreds died, thousands were injured. It was a horrific event for the city of Beirut and the country of Lebanon. Two separate lawsuits against TikTok will merge into one nationwide class action against the social media app for allegedly collecting information about users' facial characteristics, location, and contacts, and then promptly sharing all that data with servers in China. The reason this is important is because if prosecutors are successful in expanding the lawsuit into a nationwide effort, it could spell a fine for TikTok to be paid out to every user of its platform, but that is very unlikely. On Wednesday, presidential candidate Joe Biden announced that he will not travel to the Democratic presidential nomination in Milwaukee due to coronavirus concerns. Even Trump is mulling the idea of giving his, giving his nomination speech from the White House lawn instead of from the convention center in Charlotte after they uh, closed the event. Biden will deliver his speech virtually from his home in Delaware, making this year's presidential election definitely one of the most unusual in U.S. history. 
Also on Wednesday, Twitter temporarily banned President Trump's campaign account from tweeting before it removed a post that suggested that children are nearly immune to COVID-19. The post fell under the platform's policies surrounding misinformation. And for a first for the company, Facebook also removed that same clip that was posted by President Trump's Facebook account, making it the last major social media platform to take significant action against Donald Trump. On Thursday, President Trump issued an executive order which will ban Chinese apps TikTok and WeChat from operating in the U.S. unless each respective company sells their U.S. division to a U.S. company, which can keep the data and operations centered in our country. The order comes after the White House threatened to ban the apps immediately, um, only to make various threats of the coming days. Now Microsoft is in a bid over the next 45 days to aim to buy TikTok and prevent it from being banned in the United States. New York Attorney General Letita James will sue to dissolve the NRA. The NRA is the National Rifle Association. She's alleging the group's executives illegally diverted tens of millions in revenue to expenses that benefited their own friends and family. The lawsuit marks the end of an 18-month investigation into the NRA. The NRA is uh, regulated by the Attorney General as a nonprofit in New York. The NRA sued back that same day, and they claimed that she was targeting the organization for political reasons alone. The lawsuit will likely take months or years to to, uh, be decided. The U.S. State Department lifted its do-not-travel advisory for Americans to travel abroad. Back in March, the agency issued the highest danger advisory of Level 4. Now it will be turning to determining risk on a country-by-country basis. Finally, on Friday, the U.S. Director of the National Counterintelligence and Security Center released a statement saying that Russia will interfere in the 2020 presidential election to re-elect Donald Trump. And on the flip side, China's leadership will uh, may interfere to allow Biden to win in November to remove what Chinese officials called an unpredictable president. Remember that this is an intelligence report. There isn't exactly proof from either country, but it is a reputable report. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy reassigned or removed 23 postal executives just days after he announced cost-cutting measures to the USPS that may slow down mail delivery times and came shortly after Democrats or congressional Democrats rather started calling an investigation into these changes. The reform that he uh, he announced will simplify the office's seven divisions into four. It will freeze the hiring of new workers. Uh, this is a very complex issue because they're good and well, there there is a double-sided issue to it because both parties are interested in reforming the USPS in order to save money because it's been hemorrhaging uh, billions of dollars for the past 10 years. Um, but at the other hand, uh, many worry that this might be an effort to help President Trump's re-election by delaying mail-in ballots because DeJoy uh, was a significant campaign uh, fundraiser and supporter of President Trump. Um, there is a lot going on in this case. His wife even owns uh, several million dollars worth of stock in competitor shipping companies like FedEx and UPS. Um, so it's not exactly known the full details of the case, but it's a double-edged sword. And finally, the July jobs report revealed that during the month, the U.S. economy added 1.8 million jobs, dropping the unemployment rate to 10.2%, which is nearly three times as high as the February low of 3.5%. In June, in comparison, 4.8 million jobs were added. Remember, in July, it was 1.8 million. So the new report shows that the economic recovery is definitely slowing down. And yet again, for another week, congressional Democrats and Republicans were unable to reach a deal with the White House to replace unemployment benefits of $600 a week that expired last week. 
just yesterday, the PPP Small Business Loan Program ended as well, and it's unclear what exactly will happen further. President Trump said that he might issue an executive order, but it's not known what will happen. This week, I used stories from NPR, The Wall Street Journal, Politico, and The Washington Post to get better ideas of opinions on both sides of the political aisle. I used biased sources like CNN and Fox News, not to get news stories, but to understand the thoughts behind each side of the political aisle. As often as possible, I do try to go to the original source of the information. And now, thank you for listening to the news. I'm going to transfer to a discussion, a friendly discussion, with Tamar Nawaz and Adam Zarak, two of my high school friends, and all three of us are very well-versed on on how our school is reopening and how the nation might want to consider reopening schools. Please stay tuned. Thank you. Okay, what's up, Tamor? What's up, Adam? Uh, I am here with two of my high school friends, and what we're going to talk about is something that's very important to all three of us, and that is going back to school. And right now, there's a huge debate around the country on whether or not we should go back in person, online, or as a hybrid option. And right off the bat, I want to get Tamor's opinion on, uh, and then followed by Adam's opinion on online school. Because you, we all had an experience with it a few months ago. I, my experience is probably not ref- the most optimal to be reflective of because I took all AP classes this past, in, my, in that second leg of junior year that Corona ended up affecting. So, we were done with it. By the time we ended up going to quarantine, we were done with the curriculum. We just had to practice. So it didn't really affect me learning or anything. And it's, I honestly kind of enjoyed it, but okay. didn't really, okay. I think my, my thought process would be the least, or my perspective would be the least important, if anything. Okay. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I'm on the same boat with Tay because I took a bunch of AP classes as well. And same thing as him. I was in a lot of classes with Tamor. So, like, by the end of the school year, we were all done and we were just prepping for the exam. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess the only class that I would have preferred to be in person with would have been AP Chemistry just for that exam preparation. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, I enjoyed the solitude. But, of course, like, the only – a lot of the issues that came with being online were, like, my own, like, social issues with, like, you know, I miss my friends. I want to go out and see them. You know, I want to go to sports practice, all that stuff. So, in terms of academics, A, I'm not the best person to really talk about it because not a lot of people take a majority of AP classes, mm-hmm. like four plus like I was, or just it, it's not very relevant because it has to do with like my own personal preferences, like seeing my friends and stuff. It's right. nothing like academic based. Right. But those are all valid points. I mean, I completely agree with what Adam said. As far as like social life goes, uh, online school is like a huge drain. Nobody wants to do it for that reason. Um, and I should probably uh, also mention that we all go to a private school and we had a very unique situation in that uh, everyone in our school had the technology available to attend classes and everything went by relatively smoothly. Um, And that's why I want to switch the conversation over to public schools, whereas uh, obviously most of the majority of the students in this country go to. Um, And I want to try to get your opinion on whether or not you think it's feasible for schools with 1,000, 2,000 kids to go back to school safely. Um, Because uh, here, I'll paint an example for you. Uh, In Georgia's largest school district, they tried that. Um, and hundreds of students and employees got sick within just a few days and weeks, um, and then they had to shut down. 
district. So uh, what do you guys think? I'll go first just because I'm Um, a, I used to go to a public school (laughs) for a majority of my life. I was in public school from kindergarten all the way up to my freshman year of high school. So, and I went to a pretty big high school. There were around, uh, there was like upwards of a thousand people within the school. I personally don't think it's feasible. It's, it seems like, I don't know. I think so many people congregate together because a lot of the, a lot of the breaks and a lot of the lunches, although they're separated, they're still in really big groups. So it's like, if it's in a school of like a thousand people, it'll be broken up into three lunch segments or three different lunch periods for different people and groups. And that's still like upwards of three, 400 people in one group, in one setting. And that's mm-hmm. too, I personally think that's too many people to really keep like a safe environment in. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like eating and stuff where everyone is congregated together and there's food involved and everything, contamination and infection is kind of likely. Mm. What about you, Taymor? Yeah, shut that down. Just shut it down. Do not, <laughs> it is not feasible whatsoever because no. think about this. There's a difference between the school that us three go to and then there's a public school. The school that us three go to is what? In the high school alone, there's like 150 kids. There's barely yeah. 40 kids <laughs> in me and Adam's class. <laughs> so you got to think about, okay, not much damage in letting us go back to school. There's enough room on campus for us to be distanced. Not even all of even with the hybrid thing we're doing, not all of us would be even showing up. So like, that's fine. Now think about a public school for a second. Thousand kids going back in all at the same time, even with masks on, even if they were the most socially distanced, you can't change the nature of a kid. All right. Kids are going to be kids. Kids are going to, you can't really suppress that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are going to get close together and you know, you can't really at that point. It's just, well, yeah, you're basically, it's like, a, it has a, it's a snowball's chance in hell. That's the best way to, I can describe it. A snowball's chance in hell. Well, uh, that's all very good points. And I agree, you know, for a thousand plus school, it can be very hard. And you know what the worst thing is, is that so many of these districts are doing the worst, absolute worst thing. They're not requiring masks. They're not requiring distancing of any kind. I think it's like negligence on a lot of their part. Would you agree with that? Or do you think that like uh, it's fine for them to reopen without like safety measures? Negligence it is. You're... Um, all right, I'm going to say here, you'd have to be a complete idiot not to think you can't wear a mask anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. This is. It's not like some man-made thing that was going to go fizz off at some point. We have to make this fizz off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wear um, a mask. Yeah, and, cool. and I mean, like, the argument against wearing one is very weak because, like, the downside of it is you just end up wearing something on your face. Like, it's not, like, a huge detriment to your daily life. Um, And in the case of these schools, it's very uh, challenging because nobody wants a student or a faculty member to die or or to pass away. And that's like the worst possible outcome. But at the same time, I'm going to give you the flip situation, right? As all three of us know, there are thousands of kids across the country who don't do not have access to technology. They don't have access to broadband Internet um, and they are. A lot of them are unable to perform well online. I remember there were tens of thousands, I think 60,000 kids in California alone who weren't able to do online school because they didn't have the technology available. And there are other problems as well. There's mental health problems. There's problems of abuse. (laughs) There's problems of abuse when you're staying with your family Um, and like with your family all the time. And 
my question is, how do you gauge it? How do you gauge the difference between safety and, uh, you know, well-being of your own mental health? I want to hear both of your opinions on this. You want to go first, Adam, or? Yeah, I'll go first. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll take the mental, I'll tackle the mental health aspect of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, for you two know my own situation. So, you know, so um, I don't know. For me, during, I think after I hit like two months of quarantine, I think I went absolutely insane. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was bad. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's something hard to, to grasp the, the idea of being isolated because you do feel isolated, especially when you do have mental health issues and you stay in your room studying all day, sitting in one spot and just talking to everyone through a computer mm-hmm. with no real like social interaction besides probably like going down for dinner. Yeah. That's the situation I was basically in. Right. And by then you just don't feel human. You feel very isolated. For me, what I found helpful was just, was just talking to someone so I continued talking to my therapist through even though I couldn't do it in person I continued to like talk to my therapist online and it wasn't like the same of course it but it was like it was better than nothing so I guess the best thing that you can do is a stay in contact with those close to you and b just try and talk just try and talk to someone about what's going on and don't try and bottle up anything mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. Timur, what's your take on it? Because I know Adam gave a very good like mental health perspective. I guess trying to trying to balance off the whole mental aspect idea. I feel like there during my quarantine, I feel like I divide into two people. Right, there's a person that you could see through, like through the cameras on Zoom or on social media, and then there was something that just you know couldn't sleep, got up early, started to do stuff. I don't know. I don't know which one is essentially better. But I guess like I can say that yeah I don't think anyone's coming out the same way they came in, mm-hmm. in terms of it. it just depends on the extent at that point. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. do agree with Adam with that what Adam said about you know talking to someone, don't bottle it up. Just try to talk. Just stay connected with someone. Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. that's what us three have been doing throughout this exactly. whole quarantine. Yeah, exactly. And with all of that information, I'm leading to my final point, and uh, I want to ask you all a question. Uh, do you come to the conclusion that it would be smart to leave it up to each district, depending on their own situation, depending on their own uh, case numbers? Or do you think it would be smart to do a nationwide, like all online or all in school initiative? A nationwide initiative, I don't think is a smart one, because I'm going to go back to the idea of like providing the technology to those who don't have it at home. Yeah. Right. Like, although a lot of, although there is the, that majority of the United States population who is fortunate enough to have like their own at-home devices and stuff like that, there's still that group of those who don't. And that's mm-hmm. basically giving them, that's like, that's like breaking their leg basically and making them run a marathon in mm-hmm. terms of learning. Yeah. It's if, if each County was able to decide it, like, let's say each, like if each County was up to decide it, I think it'd be better because mm-hmm. they have that narrowed down, like, knowledge of what their demographic of students is whereas the nation wouldn't the sad thing is just that like so many counties like are like like we said they're being negligent and like they're completely taking like this for granted and they're already like shutting down districts just like three or four days after they reopen um tamor what do you think what's your take i think in okay yeah a nationwide reopening would 
not work because this is basically where the difference between equal and equity, like equal and equality and equity comes in, right? If we opened up like every district or closed down every district, right? Mm-hmm. I guess in some places, if like let's say Broward County or something or Miami Dade, that would be fine because those have a lot. Of, they're having a lot of cases right now. Mm-hmm. But let's just say let's what's a for some, someone give me like a county. I guess take friends as a county in another state that isn't having so many cases right now. Yeah, kind of inhibits it. Why do we have to waste time and resources on like shutting down or reopening things that shouldn't be in those states? So if it was by district, that makes more sense. Now, of course, it's the there's a leadership problem. Let's say the guy, the district rep, rep in one in one county is a complete idiot yeah (laughs) then i guess something should intervene yeah but at this point what whatever happens nationwide or district one thing's for sure until there's a vaccine that has been distributed that mask should not come off your face agreed upon that's literally it yeah if we're gonna reopen we have to do it right if we're gonna close down we have to do it right it's not about trying to fulfill someone's agenda. It's not political anymore. It's not social anymore. It's just for the better of humanity at this point. That's a great way to end it, Taymor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome. So um, insightful. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I hope maybe this helps anyone who's listening to understand their own situation. Uh, but thank you all for listening and hopefully <laughs> hopefully you'll join us next week for the next episode of America's Recap. Thank you, Tamor, and thank you, yeah, Adam. Of course. Hey, bro. thank you, man. Yeah, Yay. see you guys. Have a great one.